Welcome to the Kook Center Podcast, and here's your host. You just don't want to talk, really. I'm just about that action, boss. You about to go get it. You, you, you just like to do it. That's what it is. I ain't never seen no talking with me, nothing. Michael Preston. Another quarantine stay-at-home order edition of the Coop Center Hour. We're still talking about my favorite memories, not my specific, but uh, other people's specific favorite memories of Washington State sporting events. Uh, we got a great one lined up for you this week. Ben Wyman of ABC Fox Montana. Uh, he is their evening news anchor there in Missoula. He's here to talk about a game that I think plenty of us remember plenty fondly. Uh, a game that I think I tell this story in the podcast, but I can't quite remember, uh, is that uh, I came home from work and had to rush into my apartment to finish watching, and then I went down to a bar in the bottom floor of our apartment building in Greenwood, and the owner proceeded to buy me an unending amount of alcohol, uh, and luckily my wife was away in a friend's place that weekend, so I was able to come home and just pass out on the couch, but... It is the 2015 win over UCLA at the Rose Bowl. And I think, you know, I, for a lot of people, it was not the first time they realized how much they disliked Jim Moore. It was certainly the first time I realized how much I disliked that dude. But it also kind of represented a really big turning point for the program because that was the year they lost to Portland State to open the season. I think they lost the next, or no, they beat Rutgers the next week and really had to kind of drag that one out and and they won it at the last second with the pass to River Craycraft in the back of the end zone. But it to this point, I mean, you know, they looked better, but they had not really and truly turned the corner just yet into not an elite, you know, program necessarily, but a very good program in the Pac-12, and this was kind of the game that really signaled that Wazoo was for real, that Wazoo was this team that was not to be messed with and could make it a game with anybody, and this was an incredible football game beginning to end, kind of very back and forth between the teams. It was the first time, again, we kind of found out what a, I mean, like Gabe Mark said, a douche Jim Mora was. His players were headhunting Luke Falk. There were, I, there was a a play we don't specifically talk about in this game, but where I specifically remember Luke Falk sliding and a UCLA defender trying to spear him with the crown of his helmet in Falk's helmet. I mean, I mean, this, this, they, they were going after Falk in this game. Falk came out at the end of the first half and was replaced by Peyton Bender for a little while because of a head injury. So it was that first time you really realized what a, what a, just a real character Jim Mora was. But also that it it was, you know, it's UCLA, and it's not quite USC's history in football, but it's still UCLA, it's still the Rose Bowl, it's still Southern California, and Washington State went in there, and at the last possible second with a play I, I still remember vividly, vividly, won that football game. And Ben tells a great story about uh, being down there for his, you know, a game in his senior year, visiting friends, and kind of his history with uh, going to Wazoo, very parallel with mine. It's very weird. It's like we separated at like some point in like a weird time paradox split, and we both were just like the same person in a way because like we both grew up in Woodenville, both went to Wazoo, both stayed in like the same dorm. 
you'll hear all about it here coming up. So the 2015 UCLA game coming up after the fight's on with Ben Wyman. He's the evening news anchor at ABC Fox Montana in Missoula. We'll play the fight song, come back, and talk about that game. here on the Coug Center Hour and another week, another game in Southern California. This one we go to the Arroyo Seco for. That is what that, uh, and it's not a dirty name. That's actually a very nice name of a neighborhood in Pasadena. Ben Wyman, a Wazoo alum, class of 16, currently the evening news anchor for ABC Fox Montana in beautiful Missoula, Montana, joins us. Ben, uh, this is, uh, this was a fun football game that you got to go to and you got to do it your senior year. You got to go Somewhere warm in November, I'm sure that was part of the highlight, too. Oh, absolutely. And first off, I just want to say thanks for having me on, Michael. Yeah, of course. I really appreciate it. I've, I've been a, I feel like you and I are kind of like brothers from another mother. We're both uh, <laughs> both from Woodenville, Washington. That is right, we are. Both, we both are, unfortunately, sometimes lately Michigan Wolverine fans, mm-hmm. so that's not great. Um, we have family in North Carolina, so it's just nice to finally talk with you. Yeah, but yeah this, this game was absolutely crazy so is my is my 22nd my 20 my 22nd birthday is november 12th the game was on the 14th so it was basically kind of like a birthday present trip mm-hmm. from uh from my parents um, i had a buddy that i went to washington state with my freshman year he uh did, did his first two years in pullman and then moved down to san diego to finish his schooling and so i flew down to san diego sean knight shout out to him um and uh sean and i hung out in san diego for a few days and then we drove up Saturday afternoon for the uh, the game, and I had never been to the Rose Bowl. I'd never been to a, a non-Apple Cup road game. So mm-hmm. I was just kind of expecting a, a fun time seeing the Rose Bowl, but then we just got treated to a, an absolute classic of a game. So describe for me growing up, because, I mean, obviously we both grew up in wine country. Sure. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but growing up, what was your fandom like? Because I know for me and so many others who grew up in that area, if you weren't attached to... Wazoo, you probably were attached to UW like I was as a kid because my, my dad also did go there, but that was also just a very natural progression. Sure. So what were things like for you as a youngster growing up? And I mean, obviously you're in you're in news, so we know what led to you going to Wazoo, but kind of right. what all went into that decision as well? Yeah, that, I mean, we're, I guess, Woodenville is probably what, like 30, 40 minutes from the UW campus. So we were I mean, on around, a good day. Yeah. On a good day. On a good, yeah. On a good day. So around, we're around the purple and gold from like the very get go. And, and I had didn't really have any ties to either school. My parents um, actually met at the university of Montana. My mom went to Michigan law. So mm-hmm. when, when I was born, we didn't really have any uh, ties to Washington or, or Washington state. It actually was third grade. Uh, my, third grade teacher at Bear Creek Elementary, uh, Mrs. Palmer. Mm-hmm. She was a Washington State fan, a Washington State alum. 
And I had her for third grade. And every Friday before the Apple Cup, she would take her entire class. She would teach them the fight song. She'd teach them kind of the um, the hidden meaning of the logo with the cougar head and the WSC mm-hmm. turned into WSU. So we all kind of knew that stuff. She would take her classes around the school um, at the Friday before the Apple Cup and sing the Washington State fight song to all the Husky teachers. So we learned. I learned the fight song when I was in third grade. I knew the kind of the cool thing about the logo. Um, so I just, I was like, yep, I planted my flag. I'm a Coug. Um, and then I, I was, uh, in high school, I went to Woodenville high school. I was the, uh, the voice of the Falcons. I was kind of like the, the announcements guy. And I just was like, yep, I want to be a broadcaster. I want to do something with mm-hmm. television and radio. And so the Murrow college was obviously the, the pick to go. And I went, went into, uh, my junior year went to campus, never been to Pullman before went to campus. And uh, as most of you probably are listening to this, absolutely fell in love with it the first time and i was like yep that's where i want to go so i just was like planted from third grade on i was a coog and heard a lot of crap growing up woodenville about apple cups and stuff from the huskies but pretty proud to be uh to be a washington state guy i just want to be clear too growing up at woodenville you didn't hear anything about like an, a rivalry with oregon either right like there, i didn't hear anything no. about that growing up no i i've never understood why husky fans were like oh the oregon rivalry no, no, no. It's it's the Washington yeah. Washington okay. State rivalry. That should be your number one rival. Okay. I know Thank they've, I know you. they've beaten us a lot in the last few years, but like even so. Well, Oregon Oregon trounced all over them for over a decade and a half. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. okay, okay. So I'm, I'm not I'm not nuts that I'm like I was like no. revisionist historying that in my head, like rethinking not at all. how how things were you. growing up where we grew up. Okay, nope, so nope, not at all. yeah, so you got to campus uh, in 2012, your freshman year. We were talking about this before a little bit before we started recording here, yep. and you got treated to some really, really terrible. <laughs> football so like i i kind of want you know i understand you know for maybe casual fans or a lot of kids who go to wazoo you go to that kind of game and you're not going to become this in this impassioned dude or this impassioned dudette about who's used the word dudette by the way in the last 15 years but you're not gonna become this you're not gonna become this impassioned fan so what kind of kept you on track even through that year and a very up and down 2013 and then a really down 2014? I mean, I think it was just the, the Cougar. I mean, and I, let me just say this. I, my first two or three years at Washington State, they, the teams were bad, but they're nothing compared to the folks. I think you were, you were there when Paul Wolf yes, was there. Yes, so well, like, oh, we 08 and 09. Yeah, I got 08 and 09. Right. So we weren't like experiencing super bad teams so we were at least seeing some competitive football i remember my freshman year they played colorado in the the wildfire smoke and the team was up by like 20 in the fourth quarter and Mike yeah we Leach don't kept i don't i don't i don't i don't need to relive that nightmare uh, yeah yeah i mean and just losing to losing to fcs teams and you know i think honestly we just kept it what kept it uh for me, at least as a fan, was I just loved Connor Halliday. I thought I just thought he was such a, a gunslinger mm-hmm. and just wore all of his emotions on his sleeve. And so when he had, I mean, I remember I was in the press box standing next to, I, I worked for some of the Pac-12 TV and stuff, and I was up in the press box during that rainy Saturday morning against USC when he broke his leg, and it was crushing. And I was like, yep, there goes our season. And then this Luke Falk guy comes in and mm-hmm. is like, starts lighting it up. And I, I just, I think because we were both in school together, I think I had a class with Luke my freshman or sophomore year or something like that. And it was just like, that's my guy. Like Luke is my guy. And so, um, you know, the Messiah, he, he truly is the Messiah for a reason. And I think as we get into this game, 
I think this is a complete representation of what Luke mm -hmm. meant to the program, where he brought the program, um, and then where he left it too. Yeah. What was your What was your favorite game you got to go to in Pullman though? Because that that I'm kind of curious about as well. Because you like me, yeah. you got some really bad seasons of football. Did you have a favorite <laughs> that you only had to walk a little ways from your apartment for? Yeah, that's true. I, I lived in Scott Coleman, so it was a pretty easy, quick walk. Dude, like, um, could, could, did, you, did you just like follow where I went? Like, like oh, did you live in Coleman too? I did. I that's lived awesome. in I lived in four hundred four. That's awesome. That's so cool. Good I, God, yeah, I, I love I love Scott Coleman. It was it was an amazing place to live. Um, honestly, the two. I mean, I could probably if you if I had time to think about it, I would. But I think honestly, the two memories I think. I think about our mm -hmm. two losses actually, and there are two losses to, um, I want to say it was 2014, uh, 2014 when they played Oregon and Marcus Mariota came into town. And I remember like, you know, and that was, that's the game where Coop fans, it's a very common picture on Twitter that you'll see. When, yeah, that is, yeah, you know, the, that is 2014. Yeah. 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 The Oregon, mm -hmm. the Oregon, uh, defender just laying his hands all over the receiver before the ball gets in. It was totally mm -hmm. a pass interference. I just remember seeing Marcus Mariota just take an end around 70 yards and just being shocked. And so that's just, that's one memory. And then I do remember the, in this season that we're talking about the 2015 season, um, the Halloween game against Stanford when um, we unfortunately missed a, a game-winning field goal. Um, I, it, was, it was just a torrential downpour. Yep. Um, and I just remember the Cougs just bottled up Christian McCaffrey, and um, and he, he eventually would get drafted in the first round. And I just love mentioning that when ESPN would play clips of him getting drafted, there were no clips of him playing Washington <laughs> State because the defense just did so amazing that night against him. So, the, unfortunately, I, not a lot of wins to come by, but yeah. – um, I've had a lot more. I've had a lot more memorable wins as an alum. Unfortunately, you yeah. know, I went to the or I went to the Oregon game last year as a, a college game day and stuff. That was amazing. And so, um, but I, this was probably that's why when you when you asked what's your favorite Cougar memory, this game in particular is probably yeah. easily my favorite. I do want to point out McCaffrey stepped out in that game. I just want to point that out. Oh, or no, 100%. no, he fumbled. No, it was a fumble. Yes. It was a fumble. Was that's fumble. right. It was a fumble. He totally fumbled. We should have had the ball. He totally fumbled. We got robbed. Yep. Um, yep, 100%. <laughs> so I, I, I lived in L.A. for about a year and a half, and I tried on a few occasions. There's a golf course right by the Rose Bowl. I don't know how many folks know this. There's a golf course right at the Rose Bowl, and they've actually got the best driving range that was in within driving distance of my apartment. So I went there a few times, and on more than one occasion, I tried to get into the Rose Bowl. But as you'll imagine, they actually have the facility pretty well locked up. So oh, as someone who got to go into the Rose Bowl, and you kind of knew – the reverence that so many people have for that facility and just kind of what it means to so many people. Can you like describe for me what it was like to walk out the tunnel? Because I still think that's one of the coolest things as a sports fan you can do is just walking through oh, a tunnel yeah. into a stadium. It's just like such a cool feeling. What was that like to walk into that stadium? I mean, I know it's just a Wazoo UCLA game, but it still must've been pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. And, and of course it's not the same as like the, you know, January one, you got all the colors, you got yeah. the, you know, the F 18 Hornets flying over with the picture of the mountains and stuff. So it's not like the Rose bowl game, but even then, like it was a night game. You, I remember speaking of that golf course, we actually parked on that golf course. We had to yep. walk like, you know, 15, 20 minutes from the golf course. Cause it's just so massive. The amount of people that are fitting in that stadium um, I just remember the first time seeing the sign that, you know, the very classic Rose Bowl sign, it was all lit up in red and green. And uh, we had, we obviously took a picture in front of that. I think my first impression of getting actually inside the stadium was how tight everything was. When you mm -hmm. walk in, you, you know, all the tunnels that you walk 
like, you know, big, huge and wide. They're actually extremely tight. Like you can probably only fit like maybe three people shoulder to shoulder across. Like it was a really tight space. And so as people are filing in for the game, it, it actually took us a long time to kind of get to our seats. Um, and then the, not just the, the walkways, but the um, actual seats themselves, the bleachers are super um, narrow. And so mm-hmm. you're practically on top of each other, which I think kind of played a great you know, part of the atmosphere for us. So UCLA, we got tickets through Washington State. So UCLA kind of put all the Washington State fans kind of in one section in one of the corners of the end zone. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, the end zone that Gabe, that Gabe eventually scored on that final seconds. But um, And it was so I think it was just it felt like all the Cougar fans were just on top of each other. And that helped that um, we showed up early. I think one of my, 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 my last impression is just the UCLA fans, not big football fans, not a big, I mean, they're of course a basketball school, I think yeah. first. And so I just was surprised at the amount of people that weren't there at kickoff. I think as the game went on, the, the student section and the alumni kind of started filling up, but the stadium I feel like was like maybe, two thirds full. It wasn't even, and it wasn't loud. And at the Cougar fans, we just dominated mm-hmm. the whole game in terms of, of, uh, of, of noise. And so, um, but the Rose bowl itself is just absolutely beautiful. And, um, and I, it was just a dream come true to be able to see it. The goal of course, Michael is to try to get to a game. January well, yes, yes. With Washington state playing, of course. So a game, cool. I want to play in the game called the Rose bowl game. I don't want exactly. to just go to a game at the Rose bowl or to play in the Rose bowl game. That would, yes, I agree. That would be, that would be a much more better a much more better game to go to. I have a sure. I have a bachelor's degree, um, <laughs> in media in media communications ostensibly. Um, so okay. the game itself, we kind of go back and forth a little bit in the first half. Uh, it ends sixteen fourteen, but I think the memorable thing for me, as it was for a lot of people in that first half, was Luke Falk getting hurt. Luke Falk yeah. getting screened for a concussion on the sideline, wanting to go back in and then coming out of the game. Peyton Bender comes in late, does get a touchdown pass to Dom Williams, but you kind of know that Luke Falk's got to be the guy here. And it also seemed obvious, at least to everybody watching at home, and in my case watching, then listening, then watching again, that Jim Mora's players were actively trying to go after Luke Falk. Did it seem like that to everybody else in the stadium? Oh, absolutely. And and I think that it even started, I think one of the things I love about this game is that this game actually started the, I mean, for me, famous, the famous Gabe Marks versus UCLA mm, Bruin. Yes. Like feud, mini feud or whatever. I think it was the next year where he had that famous press conference where yeah, it was. he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you wear baby blue and you feel tough and you play in LA and, you know, and this, the reason he said that is because the Bruins were warming up at the beginning of the game, they were warming up on the Washington state sideline and the players were like, what's going on here? This is stupid. They're all trying to like, you know, act tough and be macho and everything. And so from the very beginning, the Bruins had just laid the tone down of like, we're, we're going to just mess with you guys. And I think that's, you know, in this last coaching search for Washington state, Jim Mora's name was brought up as a potential candidate on Twitter. A lot of people were like, yeah, he's a, a proven coach he played in the pack you've been in the pack 12 and i was just i just remember that game of being like i don't want that guy to coach for washington state i just was not a, not a big fan of the way he did pregame and during the game and, and as you mentioned some of those hits that luke was taking in the first half were vicious just absolutely vicious after the whistle the pack 12 refs were uh did not have the best game and and that hit that you mentioned 
he was down for maybe a minute or two. And I think, mm -hmm. unfortunately, in my mind, I was just like, well, that's probably the game, unfortunately, because he's obviously one of the best players in the Pac-12. And so, um, but yeah, it was very apparent in the stadium uh, and in the Cougar section that there were some plays that were penalties that were not getting called on the Bruins sideline. Yeah. How do you feel coming out of halftime in that one? Because I, I, I think, you know, for you specifically, this being your senior year, you know, like we talked about earlier, you've seen some bad football, but 16-14 after a very up and down year so far against a ranked UCLA team at, you know, I mean, I admit the Rose Bowl is not exactly this intimidating place to play when UCLA sure. is the home team, but how, how do you feel coming out of halftime with that one? Because I... I, I, I was trying to remember before our chat here, like how I felt, and I kind of felt this overwhelming sense of like calm and not in a way that, you know, you know, I just knew it was going to turn out well. I just wasn't panicked that it was going to turn out badly, if that makes sense. Does that kind of make sense to you? I, I think so. And I think the, I think it's important to just remember this 2015 team and how important it was because this team started off their season losing to Portland state mm -hmm. and just almost nose diving. Just like if they had continued to nosedive this season, I'm not sure Mike Leach would have lasted that long in Pullman. Um, I mean, they, they lose to, to Portland state. They barely beat Rutgers. Yeah. They, they, needed, they, they needed a last second touchdown, just like this game to do that. Yep. Yeah. I think the turning point in that season was probably the Oregon game. They, they beat a Vernon, Vernon Adams, less Oregon team and mm -hmm. double overtime. That game was awesome, but they were just kind of the cardiac Cougs that year. They had a, multiple games within you know a couple points and so i feel like in the stands we were like you know if, if luke comes back which we 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 have been shown many times in his career at that point that he was a fighter he was strong he was like not going to go out if he could stand on two feet and so the second i remember the second i think ucla started with the ball to start the second half they got a three and out washington state hit and then luke runs back on the field and the entire cougar section just went nuts i mean mm -hmm. one of the loudest uh, cheers so far to that point you know and he he came in and that was just like i think that was the confidence he gave him coming in gave the team the confidence that they needed to win and I, I just the the defense too was just doing really well josh rosen was kind of carving them up a little bit but they held really strong for some field goals instead of touchdowns um, and so I think as a Cougar fan, the second you see number four rolling out of, of the sidelines and into the huddle, I mm -hmm. think it was, I was like, okay, the game's on. We're going to be fine. I'm not sure we're going to win, but the game's going to be a good close game. <laughs> <laughs> I love, that is so, I don't know if we're going to win, but this might be okay. Like it, exactly, it, we, we exactly. might, we might be fine. Um, so the game rolls along into the fourth quarter. Washington state gets up by 24, 16, with about 12 minutes to go in the fourth, and then UCLA comes back, a Fairbairn, 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 how do you say Kaimi's last name? I have no idea. But they drop Fairbairn? Fairbairn, something like that. <laughs> um, but I think for me, watching at home, the backbreaker was Josh Rosen's mm. run with just over a minute to go because you thought they had him wrapped up there. And I'm trying to remember the play vividly here is that you know, it looked like they had him taken care of in the backfield and he slipped away. And then that classic backbreaking huge run that a Wazoo defense allows, he goes 37 yards into the end zone. Absolutely. And I think that I watched the highlights last night, just kind of get a little fresher because it's just from a different perspective. And, and he, they were driving away from the Cougar section, fan section. And I just remember 
I just from my vantage point and then watching on the broadcast, there were so many opportunities for them to wrap up, even not even just around the line of scrimmage, but in the secondary. Mm-hmm. And he was just he just turned on the wheels. I think that was one of my things rewatching this game was, that I was just impressed with was how surgical and, and um, precise Rosen was. This, he was a 19 year old freshman. Yep. You know, he had, hadn't started the year at UCLA as a quarterback and as a starting quarterback. So he was super talented. And I, I just remember coming away from that game and being like, yep, that guy could probably go to the NFL. And then he showed off his wheels. Rosen to throw. Rosen going to run. A ton of green in front of him. He's inside the 10. Rosen to the end zone. Touchdown, UCLA. I will say that was probably the, the second he scored. That was probably the, the quietest the Cougar fan section was the entire game. I think we were just all in shock, and he scored with like a minute left, and um, I think I think we were just shocked, and they scored, and then they scored the two-point conversion to go up by three. And so even with a minute left, even with Luke Falk, even with Gabe Marks and Don Williams, like, you know, yeah, you want to you want to protect yourself, right? You want to guard your heart and be like, <laughs> hopefully this doesn't happen again. We're not going to yeah. just have a – we're not going to get stabbed – stabbed in the heart again like this by Josh Rosen and um and then obviously the final drive happened. Yeah. Now I, I want to get before we get to that because I think I was I was thinking kind of along the same lines of you guys are also thinking there that you don't want this to have to potentially end with Eric Powell trying to tie the game with his foot because <laughs> and not because Eric Powell wasn't a great kicker. I mean clearly he'd right. shown that year that he was very good and he would go on to show it the next year that he was very good. Oh, but yeah. given what he'd had to do earlier in the year and how much of a cerebral kind of skill kicking is I, I really don't want him to have to kick a field goal here. I really don't want that, please. No. Gosh no. And and I think that I think Leach Leach understood that too, which is one of the things I give him credit for in this game is like we gotta we, we gotta push the button um and put you know put the foot down because uh he's seen some missed kicks in those I mean he missed a kick against Stanford a couple of weeks before and so um, I think the whole offense was in the mindset of we're going to score a touchdown. We're not trying to get into field goal range here. We got to we got to score a touchdown and win the game. Mm-hmm. Let's go over that final drive a little bit because I, I think again the thing I'm remembering from this was it was chunk yardage a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it, we're not oh, yeah. talking about nickel and diming here because I don't I don't remember how many timeouts Washington State had. It wasn't a lot. Or it so was like was, one so or two, was, I think, wasn't it? It was like. And that- that's it. They actually had two, which yeah. actually before the the final play, they still had two timeouts left, and that was what I was <laughs> knowing what yeah. happened with Coach Leach last year. I was like, he had two timeouts in the fourth quarter with eleven seconds left. How does that happen? Well, I mean, it, it happens when you don't keep track of your timeouts, but you so <laughs> you get so it's sixteen yards to Gabe Marks to the forty-four, then a little scramble from Falk, then the the big thirty-yard bomb to Dom Williams to get them down to the UCLA twenty-one. How are you feeling at that point, knowing how things normally go for Wazoo in scoring range late in the fourth quarter in that stadium? I, I think we were, I think we were feeling good. I mean, I was feeling good about a field goal. I think at that point it would have been probably uh, between the thirty and forty yard field goal, yeah. roughly somewhere around there. And unfortunately, you know, college kickers, right? These are these are kids that we're talking about, and it's of course in the Rose Bowl in against UCLA on a Saturday night. Like that's high pressure. I think what was shocking to me was that rewatching it and being there, I think it was just surprising that they went for the end zone. Mm-hmm. You know, I think once you, once Luke hit Dom for that 30 yard completion, there's probably 20, 30 seconds left. You might think that they might run a few, you know, do a couple running plays, be safe, 
call, call your timeouts and then send the field goal unit out there. They stayed aggressive until the very end. Like that last mm-hmm. play to Gabe, which we'll talk about, was probably their last play before they had to kick a field goal. And so to get it on that play, um, I just love how aggressive they were. And that's the whole game. Like, like Luke Falk was, you know, and it hurt him maybe in his senior year, but he was so aggressive the entire game. Mm-hmm. And that it put him in this opportunity to, to steal a victory in Pasadena. I think what I kind of remember most about this play, and you were in that end zone, was yeah. how open Gabe Marks wasn't until the last <laughs> moment, right? Because it's yeah. not like he was wide open in the back of the end zone. No. And Luke Falk did kind of that thing I loved that he did that year was that he put the ball up there and he trusted Gabe Marks mm-hmm. to go get it. And when Gabe Marks clutches that football, uh, what happened? I mean, pure, pure elation. I just remember physically, just like my eyes and my head, and my arms, just like, I just remember seeing black, like the black sky, just looking up into the sky and just, <laughs> I mean, I'm doing, I'm, I'm pantomiming it right now, even just folks can't see it at home, but just like looking up into the sky and screaming, I, I definitely, an hour or two later after the game, we were talking about it, our voices were completely gone. I mean, we were just screaming our heads off. I didn't realize until actually watching it um, on the broadcast last night, just refreshing. I didn't realize that there was actually a flag thrown on that play. And I think if I had... <laughs> If I had seen that, if I had seen that flag in the stadium, I might have had a heart attack because I was like, "Oh my gosh, did Gabe just get an offensive pass interference, push us back 15 yards, and now it's a 50-yard field goal?" Like, I, I'm so I'm glad I didn't see the flag. And then he starts running over to the Washington State sideline, which of course is kind of in the same direction as the Cougar fan sideline. He's like trying to like adjust his jersey, his jersey's all like flopping out and everything, and he's just going nuts. Um, and I looked at, I just, and then I came down after looking at the sky and I looked, I found Luke and Luke's just like, I mean, cool hand Luke for a reason. He was just super chill and relaxed and like, wasn't going up and down. And correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, I'm pretty sure there's a pretty famous, it's used fairly often, but there's a pretty famous Mike Leach gif of him, like doing the same thing. Maybe I did where like he puts his hands up in the air, like just a celebration. I think this was, I think that Mm -hmm. gif is from this game where Gabe catches the touchdown and Leach's hands just go immediately up. So um, pandemonium, lots of screaming, jumping up and down in the very narrow bleachers of um, the Rose Bowl, um, almost knocking people over like Cougar fans that random strangers are hugging each other. Um, it was just absolutely pandemonium and, and honestly just shocked that we shocked that we pulled it off. I, I guess I'll say that. Falk throws end zone and caught touchdown penalty flag is down marks pulls it in to give wazoo the lead with three seconds to go i want to ask you actually about that flag because i'm actually amazed that you didn't see it because it was all i could see for about 15 to 20 (laughs) seconds afterwards and how panicked i was that they were going to call offensive pass interference because frankly I don't think it was defensive pass interference. It was almost certainly more OPI, but also probably pick a flag up. So you just, you got to have that moment unadulterated. Like you didn't even hear what was going on in the stadium around you. Oh, and I can't, I can't even, I mean, I can't even put myself in your shoes because I would have reacted the same way you did. Like if I'm watching at home and I see that 
see the yellow come out on the field and the yellow pop up on the scoreboard of the ESPN broadcast, I would immediately stop jumping up and down and being like, oh my gosh, did we just lose this game? I mean, uh, which, again, I, I literally didn't even know there was a flag until I just watched the broadcast last night. And I was like, oh my gosh, he could have he could have been called for OPI, <laughs> uh, which would have been a very, um, shall we say, Washington State thing yeah. to do in that moment. So um, I've, I'm in one sense... You know, maybe for the first time in my life, I'm going to say, "Nice job, Pac-12 refs." Yeah, I'm I think that was call a flag there. Yeah, that was definitely a we can't do this. We cannot sure. do this this way. Yeah, like that, that will not go well for us. <laughs> no, uh, game ends. Know. You need to get back to San Diego, but do you guys hang out a little bit afterwards? What what happens in the immediate aftermath after the game? Because I see you sent me a picture of yourself with a flag, looking. I mean, you yeah. looked just buzzed drunk in the picture because oh, you were. I'm, I assume it was unhappiness, though. It was unhappiness. We had a few beers pregame. We were we were feeling okay. By that point in the fourth quarter, they kind of worn off. But I think that yeah, the picture and I'll I'll post it on Twitter and so folks can see it. But the the smile on my face, um, I don't think I've smiled that wide in a long time. And one of my favorite things about the post game was, um, you know, it's so when when the conference realignment happened in Pac-12, Washington State was one of those schools that was like we have to have a game at least once every two, two years in Los Angeles mm-hmm. against UCLA or USC, because like half of our roster is from Los Angeles, Southern California. And so that was kind of a cool thing. The whole, the whole game, we were surrounded by Cougar fans and a lot of, you know, you and I, Michael Amuro grads, a lot of, you know, Edward Amuro grads from Washington state yep. go down to Los Angeles. Yep. But like the whole, most of the students or most of the fans in that section were family members of these players. And so the second the final gun goes off, the, pretty much the entire team ran over to our, so, our, our, our section here, um, sang the fight song, were like waving at family members. I remember looking over, I can't remember whose mom it was, but um, I, I met her, I, I can't remember unfortunately, but she was crying, she was so happy like to see her, no. to see her boy and his team doing well. Like, yeah. I think that was one of the things I loved about the game is like the Cougars treated that as a home game because of all the family members that were in that yeah. stadium that night. And that was cool to see them kind of put on a show for their family in the, one of the best, if not the best college sports venue. So, um, and then I, for me, just nothing too crazy. I just crashed on a, a friend's couch that night. Um, my ears were ringing still. Um, my voice was gone. And then I got up in the morning on Sunday and uh, flew back to Pullman. And so um, it was a very, it was a very special trip, birthday trip, um, my senior year and everything. And um, I'll just, I'll absolutely never forget it. It was one of those moments that uh, you'll talk about. Oh, I mean, I'm going to be talking about that game 70 years from now. So I will give you one free piece of advice. I've never smiled wider and you just got engaged. You might want to reevaluate <laughs> that one. I just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I just take it, take uh. it from. Take it from this guy, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But no, that was a, that was, it was an incredible football game. And thank you, Ben, for sharing your memory. Ben Wyman is the evening news anchor for ABC Fox Montana, a proud Wazoo grad and a guy who actually got to see Washington State win in the Rose Bowl. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Thank you, Ben, again. Michael, thank you, man. Go Cougs.